Welcome to the Finding Gravitas podcast, brought to you by Gravitas Detroit. Looking to become a more authentic leader? Finding Gravitas is the podcast for you. Gravitas is the ultimate leadership quality that draws people in. It's an irresistible force encompassing all the traits of authentic leadership. Join your podcast host, Jan Griffiths, that passionate, rebellious farmer's daughter from Wales, entrepreneur, leadership coach, keynote speaker, one of the top 100 leading women in the automotive industry, as she interviews some of the finest leadership minds in the quest for Gravitas. Today's episode is a further in-depth look of the culture at United Wholesale Mortgage. In our last episode, we interviewed Laura Lawson, Chief People Officer, and I was particularly struck by the number of times Laura mentioned coaching. Supporting the employee development, leadership coaching, is of paramount importance here at United Wholesale Mortgage, and I wanted to know more. Laura kindly suggested that we interview Renee Harmon. Renee is the vice president and leadership coach for the company. She heads up the leadership development team. So today, please welcome to the show, Renee Harmon. Hi, Jan. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here, Renee. And I am very excited to dive deep into coaching, into leadership coaching, your passion and mine. Yes, I I was so looking forward to our conversation today. Good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Renee. What's your story? Well, I started in the mortgage business uh, about 35 years ago out of college and was in secondary marketing at the time. Eventually opened up my own broker shop, uh, which I had to close in uh, 2010 just because of the market and the, the crash and everything that happened at that time. And in 2011, United Shore reached out to me uh, for an interview for a sales position and uh, immediately started a couple weeks thereafter and was an account executive for the sales team. Wow. So you've you've been in the mortgage business for quite some time. Yes. Yes. And uh, very passionate about what we're doing here. I think that's why I'm so aligned. We are true partners with our uh, mortgage brokers. So what got you into the leadership coaching side of the business? How did that evolve? Well, uh, uh, eventually I became a team lead in sales and then uh, was promoted to a division leader. And uh, I had a much larger scope at that time, probably about 30, 30 AEs. And I really enjoyed uh, coming into work. Not that I never did enjoy, but it was, I seemed to have found my, my passion in helping people. And they were younger, younger individuals. And to see their confidence grow uh, and just through encouragement and some coaching, uh, it was my passion, definitely. I, I just loved it. And then eventually, uh, we formed a leadership team in 2017, and, and that's when I became the leadership coach. So tell us about the coaching program. I mean, I don't know what, what to call it. What, what do you call it? And tell us more about it, because I'm sure that many of our listeners are, are anxious to understand more about the program. Yeah, so we have a leadership development team now. Uh, there, uh, What we do is initially we provide a lot of support for new leaders through uh, what we call boot camp. It's a for a half hour day really uh, to get them introduced to servant leadership and our 12 how we do it behaviors here that we have in our pillars. Uh, then we have uh, them go through a 12 week program uh, every Tuesday for 45 minutes. Uh, it's called our LIT program, Leader Initial Training. 
Uh, and what that does is it builds a lot of relationships throughout the company where they can share uh, any struggles they're having or best practices. It's really about all of them building relationships uh, as that's one of our pillars. We're relationship driven. Uh, then um, we have another leadership coach uh, and Mateen, Mateen Cleaves, he played basketball at MSU. He's a co-coach uh, with me. Uh, we meet quarterly with all leaders. And then after about a year of leadership, we take them through a five-week uh, course every Thursday after uh, all day, actually. It's a leadership excellence program. And it typically is from 10 to 12 leaders at a time. Now, when you say leaders in the company, can you define what exactly what you mean? Because, I mean, some people could interpret that as just the top level people in the company. You know, maybe the direct reports to the CEO. And then others would define it all the way down to maybe somebody who's on the floor leading a team of people, a small team of people. How do you define that here? So how we define leaders here is we call them captains. And uh, a captain or leader uh, leads a team of six or more people. That, that determines uh, the support that we give them at that time. So roughly how many people would you have going through a leadership program? Well, we've had so much growth this year that at one time we initially started off with having uh, one lit class and now we're up to three per day. Uh, more recently, we had probably about 120 leaders or captains in the program at one time. That's a, a big commitment both financially and in terms of resources. Why is it that uh, United Wholesale Mortgage feels so passionately about this leadership coaching and development? Uh, leaders, uh, you know, pillar number one is people are our greatest asset. And in order for people to feel valued and appreciated and cared for and uh, have a sense that they can grow here, uh, hire to retire, that we need leaders that are serving the team and serving their team members. Because I'm sure some people out there would argue that, um, you know, that's that's soft. That's nice to have. That's HR kind of stuff, right? Where's the, where are the hard numbers? Where are the metrics behind it? So what's the retention look like here at... Uh... We, right now, uh, our retention rate is 90%. Uh, we do have a goal of 2020. Uh, we increase that to 91%. We feel if we hire the right people in to fit our culture, which is have a good work ethic and attitude, uh, we can do the rest. We can help them grow. We have a very young workforce, uh, highly engaged. We do measure engagement. And uh, it seems to be working, obviously, from the exponential growth we've experienced uh, since I've been here, which is eight years. Yeah, so you've hired, I think, 3,000 people this year? Yes, or? that was our... Uh, yeah. 2019 goal was 3,000, and as of today, I think we're at 2,932 new team members. So you mentioned employee engagement. There's a Gallup poll that came out um, several months ago, and it said that, and it measured different industries, different people, different countries. It was a global poll, and it said that only 15% of people in the workforce felt inspired and engaged at work. How do you compare to that number, and what do you think influences that number? I think it's leadership that influences that number. It's how you make people feel. Uh, so back in 2016, we had the highest engagement score uh, since we started measuring it in 2014, and uh, we came in at 73%. Uh, more recently, in uh, June of this year, we were at 59%. 
and that could be attributed to a lot of new people that we don't have relationships with yet. We're so young, and the growth, and we recently moved from Troy to Pontiac, so team members having to move, they didn't know what to expect. Obviously, change is hard. Uh, so it was a whole new drive into work even. Uh, so 59% uh, was very, very good. Our goal is 68%. So, uh, you know, we, we take that very seriously. And uh, when leaders do get their scores, uh, we work with them on their action plans and, and how they can improve and get that score up. Mm, that's great. So you have this leadership development program. So you're setting people up for success right away. So many uh, companies out there put people into a leadership role without the required training, and then they sink or swim, right? You know, mm-hmm. some, some people get it. Some people will find a mentor or a way through it, and others will not. So that, that's great to get them right, right from day one with the right leadership and the right mindset about leadership. But what happens when people on the team don't follow the the culture, the philosophy, and the six pillars that you talk about here. When they start to drift out of line, or maybe they're new, they come in from another industry, and this is a totally different culture for them, and they, they can't quite deal with it. How, how do they handle that? I think, uh, well, we're a resource, or the leadership development team. We like to say we're not the uh, how-we-do-it police uh, or the culture police. We're a, we're a resource. Uh, and we're, we're responsible to, for holding our, our culture together. So we would have a uh, coaching conversation. We do do 360 uh, survey feedback. We get that twice a year. Uh, leaders get their scores and we uh, take action. We talk about how they can improve. So it's all very transparent. Mm-hmm. And the expectations are very clear as we do have a set of behaviors that leaders should live by uh, daily. And I understand uh, from the discussions with Laura that the team huddle, they call it, right? Yes. Occurs, I don't remember, daily, weekly? Yes, uh, a lot of teams uh, do a daily huddle. Some teams could do two or three times a week, depending on their function. But uh, it's a daily where we recognize team members for their achievements, uh, communicate uh, at that time. We actually even have a huddle class to help our leaders prepare and, and how to lead good good huddles to set the tone for the day. Mm-hmm. And in those huddle meetings, they're really starting to, if a metric or a number or somebody or a behavior is starting to, to trend out of line, out of line sounds like a strong term, but in a direction that you don't want it to go in, then you're catching it early enough so that you can correct either the metric or the behavior to bring it back. Is that Yes. Part of the, the thinking behind it? Yes, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So we can catch it quicker before we do start to experience more team dysfunction, say, if, if maybe a leader is not being positive or it's their body language and tone is sending the wrong signals. It could be as simple as that. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's very correct. We try to get it quick before problems start to fester. Yeah, I think often in the corporate world we have performance reviews that are conducted um, once a year for sure, and some companies twice a year, you know, maybe once a quarter, it varies. But there's still that period of time where things can drift. And there's this sense of it's uncomfortable to have the conversation about behavior. Most people are very uncomfortable sitting down with somebody and saying, listen, I didn't like the way that you talked to that person in that meeting. So this is really forcing that discussion to happen. 
Yes, and what we're trying to build is a coaching culture. Uh, you know, we uh, just rolled out an Emerge uh, class or course, I should say. It was a 10-week uh, course for team members aspiring to be leaders or to learn more about uh, leadership behind the scenes. And the type of culture uh, and our message is everyone's a leader because of our open, open atmosphere. We're all very open. There's no cubicles, uh, very few offices. So if we develop a coaching culture where we care for one another and we're able to give feedback and then people don't get defensive from that. We're just trying to continuously improve, which is another pillar. And when you have the relationship, then the feedback is more easily digested and we can have candid and good conversations. Yeah. I just am trying to picture somebody coming in here from another industry and just not knowing what day it is, really. I mean, it's it seems so different to a lot of cultures that exist within the metro Detroit area. I mean, automotive specifically. Mm -hmm. So you must have some automotive people coming in here, right? Yes, we actually even have a few engineers that I, I know of that are now uh, salespeople. So how do they how do they deal with this? I think initially it's uh, a shock, and, and when I first interviewed eight years ago, I walked in, and the sales floor is very open, and it was a bunch of young men, mostly men at the time, and it was very loud, and uh, before I had a broker shop, I worked for a large bank, and I'm used to cubicles, and I'm thinking, what am I getting myself into? Probably two weeks in, I realized the value of it and the relationships and how much fun we were having, but we were also working very hard and we were supporting one another. Uh, that's immediately what I, what I noticed was people are here to help each other. Yeah. And I bought in very quickly. Well, I can tell it's it's real just in my short time. You know, I've been here twice now. You, you can feel it when you walk under the floor. You feel it the moment you walk in the door, the way the security guard greets you the way everybody acknowledges you as a human being walking down the hallway. People are um, smiling, you know, that you can just tell the disposition, they're in a different place. The energy level is where it should be so that you can have that positive engagement. How do you maintain this energy level that people have here in this office? Well, being a leader, uh, people will mirror your behavior. So if our leaders are aligned with our behaviors and the things that we deem important, such as positivity, uh, communicating, uh, high energy, then they'll follow that. Or if people are negative, they mirror what they see, as children sometimes mirror their parents. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Let's talk about the six pillars. Could you tell us, first of all, what they are, and then let's drill down into a few of those. Our pillars are our values. Uh, so our first pillar is people are our greatest asset. So if we take care of our people, they'll take care of everything else because they'll care about their, their job, they'll feel valued, and that will extend to our external clients as well. Uh, number two is service is everyone's responsibility. So we're here to serve each other. Uh, we have SLAs. We have things that hold us accountable to that. What's an SLA? It's a service level agreement. Okay. So if I get an email, I need to respond within three hours. Uh, it shows you care. It shows you're on top of things. Uh, pillar number three is we're relationship-driven, not transaction-driven. Uh, that's very key, obviously, to leadership because in order to lead anybody or influence uh, anyone, you have to have a relationship. You have to have their trust. Uh, and that that's for our external clients as well. They're trusting us with our business, so 
we have to have a relationship with them. We care about them. Uh, number four is one of my favorites is we are thumb pointers, not finger pointers. So we take ownership. Uh, we get better. Uh, number five, another one of my favorites is uh, continuous improvement is essential for long-term success. And being a leader, you, you have to be an expert. You have to be in the weeds, but you continually have to improve in order to take people to higher levels. You can't say stagnant or your team will say stagnant. And then we do it all through pillar number six, through fun and friendship. And to me, that means we have fun, we care for one another, but we work hard. Yeah, I still love the uh, dance party idea on yeah. a Thursday afternoon because I'm very big on energy and changing your physiology and what that does for the level of engagement and your behavior and the impact that it has on the outcome. And when I read that there was a dance party on a Thursday, but it's not just, you don't just get up and dance. You do it. I mean, it's a serious thing, right? There's a DJ here and everything. Yes, we have a DJ. We can have different teams hosts. It's just a fun way to bring the company together uh, to prevent silos too. So it's a good good place to meet new people, let loose, have some fun. Uh, it's just another phenomenal idea from one of our team members. It's great. Um, silos. Let's talk about silos for a minute. So in uh, some corporate cultures, silos, people get very protective towards their silos. And sometimes the behavior is that I will protect myself, I will protect my silo, even if it means throwing somebody else under the bus. So I will assign blame to somebody else to make my actions look good or true or just. And you see that play out in, in many different companies and industries. So you have, you have a pillar that specifically says that this is a no-blame culture. But I would imagine that people would have a different interpretation of what that means. So how, does that, how do you make that a reality, and how do you train leadership around that value? Well, I think we are thumb pointers. It makes me think of ego. And to be a good leader, a genuine, authentic leader, you have to be selfless and you have to do what's best for the team and be mindful of that. Uh, we do a lot of things here intentionally to prevent silos. We have what we call team ups where uh, leaders will have to team up with someone from another team and spend an hour together and share takeaways and again, build relationships. So I think uh, when you talk uh, thumb pointing, it means doing what's best for the team or the overall goal and not worrying about yourself or your metrics uh, and being so defensive. Coming up with is the best solution for the company and the team and our people as a whole. Yeah, it's about outcomes. Mm -hmm. I have a slide in my keynote presentation that I uh, include in several of the workshops and it's a six and a nine and it says, who's right? And so many times you see this play out where somebody is taking a position and they say, no, it's a six and I've got all the data to prove it. And I've sent an email to 15 people, it's a six. And the other guy, the other side says, no, it's a nine and I've got all the data to support it and here's why. And I try to encourage people, when you look at that, you know, who's right? Well, they're both right. It's not about being right. Exactly. It's about check your ego. It's about working together. It's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes for just a minute, understanding their perspective and agreeing on the outcome that you're trying to get to. And I think that, you know, often people miss that fact, right? It's about my position and I've got to be right. Let the ego go. 
uh, adopt more of a servant leadership philosophy. What are we going to do together to achieve this goal? Yes, I love that. I love that. I never heard of that, the, the six or nine, but I'm going to use that now in some leadership I will, trainings. I will I'll, share it with you. I'll reference you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so that's thumb pointers. Um, talk about continuous improvement because uh, so many of us talk about continuous improvement day in and day out. But what does it really, really mean, you know, to somebody in somebody's life, somebody working here at this company day to day? What does that mean to them? It's continually improving uh, your craft. Uh, I like to refer to our company as like a college campus, really. We have so many ways for team members to grow here. Uh, we have a lot of team members that come in with no mortgage knowledge at all, and now they're in IT or they're underwriting. It's just taking those opportunities to get better. And we have the resources here and actually a training team dedicated to that. Uh, so it's a support training teams. We have training teams within uh, each team. Uh, it's, it's just amazing the, um, the amount of growth. If you embrace it, uh, you can do anything here. And uh, I think that starts with Matt uh, down. That's his message, and that's uh, what we try to do daily is, you know, seizure opportunities. There, there are so many opportunities here. We have so many great people. A uh, lot of uh, our, our training team is phenomenal. In fact, they were recognized as a top five uh, training team this year. Uh, and last year, you know, top ten. Uh, so the last three years, I believe they've been in the top ten. Top ten of, of uh, what? Training. Uh, training uh, by Training Magazine. Okay. So I know uh, this year, I believe it's in uh, Orlando, Florida, uh, down near Orlando, uh, Disney, I believe. Okay. And so they go down to that conference every year. And, you know, that it's such a heightened focus uh, in our company is, is to improve and get better. I know that you have a fairly young workforce, but you have people from all generations here. Yes. How do they respond? Do you have to change the training? You know, do you have to adapt to that? How do you deal with that? I think I think you do. You have to know your audience. I know when I'm coaching individuals, uh, I you know I have to be mindful of my audience. Uh, somebody older uh, that came from like a background I came from back in the day. I'm older, so it's more command and control. Mm. Whereas now uh, it's more uh, inclusive. It's collaboration. It's communication. And, and so we have to be mindful of that when we're training and coaching our team members. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes we think that it's a one-size-fits-all, right, with a training program or a coaching program, and it, it's not. You've really got to understand who you're talking to first. Yes, you have to build the relationship first in order to lead effectively and help people achieve their goals and dreams and aspirations. Otherwise, uh, they're, they're not going to care. They're not going to care about coming into work when they feel like a number and all that their, I'll call them boss cares about, is the numbers they're hitting daily. We know that Google uh, conducted Project Aristotle in 2012 where they analyzed 180 teams and they said that the number one success factor was psychological safety. In that, you're right at the foundation of that is trust and empowerment and so many other things come off of that. And today we talk about not only continuous improvement, but innovation. And we're not going to get innovation unless people feel safe. So how do you 
nurture the psychological safety? How do people feel safe here? We talk about it a lot in leadership and coaching sessions is, and, that, and through our company surveys, you know, we ask the question, uh, is your leader approachable? Do you feel comfortable asking or challenging the why? Because we want an environment that's not fear-based, but where they can come up with ideas. And, you know, everybody, I, I think, has been conditioned when you're younger, maybe you say something silly and you get laughed at. Uh, we don't want that environment here uh, because who knows who's going to have the great next idea. And that's what our company is. We're very innovators and we're disrupting the mortgage uh, business from all the technology and, and innovation that we've done over the last several years. So we encourage that. And we even have a platform called Brilliant Ideas where team members can submit their ideas and it gets vetted through that team. Hmm. How do you use social media with the teams? Do they use anything? Or I think you have an, you have an internal platform that you use, right? Yes, we for do. communication. We do have an internal platform, and it's interesting when we rolled that out, uh, I believe it was in early 2016, that's when our engagement score up, went up to the highest it's ever been. Ah. So I think there's a direct correlation there that that platform helped us remove silos and for team members to be more engaged with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got, you just got to make it easy, right? It's got to mm -hmm. be very open, almost like a texting kind of forum, right, where people can just communicate very openly and very freely. And you have a podcast, I believe. Yes, we do. We do a podcast uh, with Justin White uh, from our marketing team and Mateen Cleves, who's a co-coach of, of mine. We, uh, it is very successful. And it's the storytelling. It's the people's stories that really resonate with people. And I think encourage people to realize that they can do whatever they want to do. And what's the uh, objective of the podcast? How do you structure it? You no, know, that's a great question. I, I don't know much about it. I have been asked to participate in the future, yeah. uh, but I think it was just more to build our brand. Uh, again, we're, we're thinking outside the box and it's just the inspiration. It's very inspirational. Is it internal or external? It's, uh, they do that internal here, yeah, okay. but we've brought in people. We've actually even brought in a former team member who uh, worked here and now has started her own cooking uh, business, uh, cooking with Q. She's in Detroit. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I get the sense there's no judgment here. You know, it's mm -hmm. if you stay and you love it, great. If not, it's all, it's good. It's whatever you decide to do. Exactly, exactly. And that's why how we want people to feel. Yeah. Uh, talking about feelings, I noticed when I'm in the lobby, you've got that... Um, so it looks like a boat, but it's right in the center, and it's uh, words that light up, and it says things like, be inspired here, be passionate here. And, I mean, everything that, that you want to feel uh, in a workplace, is, it's right up there, right in front of you. So, do you know, where did that come from? What's the genesis of that? I think uh, it's the be you here. Uh, okay. That's one of our, you know, marketing. We want people to be themselves here. And Laura, uh, who you previous guest, yeah. she's been phenomenal at designing and, and everything is so intentional that we want people to be inspired and, and be themselves and just seize the opportunities. Yeah, oh, that's great. So Renee, you've been in this business quite some time. You've seen a lot. You've done a lot. You're successful. What advice would you give your 25-year-old self 
in today's environment? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> I think uh, when I was 25, looking back, I think I, I deemed success as what you had. Your square footage of your house, what kind of car you drove, how much money you made. And that's not it at all. True success is doing what you're passionate about and everything else will fall into place. Yeah, I would agree. And what about your legacy? What is your legacy? My legacy, I, I, that's a great question too. And it really struck me a couple of weeks ago. I was watching uh, Super Soul Sunday with Oprah. And uh, I, I forget who Oprah's guest was, but somebody asked her a question. I think it was her legacy. And, it, and Maya Angelou had a conversation with Oprah, uh, if I remember correctly. And Oprah was so excited to start her uh, college or her school, I should say, for, for young girls. And she was so proud that she built this school. And Maya Angelou said it wasn't, it's not the institutions you build, but the people you touch. So I guess my legacy would, I would want it to be that I made a difference. And when I had the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody, I made them feel better and encouraged. Well, it seems that you're well on your way to doing that. I saw a video of you this morning receiving an award that you didn't know was coming at you and the applause in the room. I mean, it was you, the emotion, you could feel it. And it was just a 20 second video that I saw. So it's clear that you're having a tremendous impact on people here. And I applaud you and the leadership of United Wholesale Mortgage for embracing a culture that really is all about authentic leadership and making it a reality every single day and continuing to improve on that every single day. It's not as if you just got this and you said, okay, this is our culture and this is it. You continue to question and improve and evolve, which of course is <laughs> that's what authentic leadership is. But it's, it's, it's lovely to see that and feel that. And, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit obsessed with the culture here at United Wholesale Mortgage. Oh, good. I'm so glad that, to hear you say <laughs> that because it is something special and you can feel it. And it starts with Matt and our senior leadership team, uh, Laura Lawson. They're such genuine, real people uh, that you feel their care and you just want to pay it forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Renee, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Janice. So nice to meet you. Okay. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you found something of value that will help you on your quest for your Gravitas, then please share with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. Visit us at GravitasDetroit.com to find out more.